0: All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon. And thanks to all of you for being with us right down our toll free number. It's 800 941 Sean. You want to be a part of the program. Remember the mob, the media would freak out when Trump says "Oh, the media mob, they're, they're the enemy of the people. You can't say that. You're threatening. Well, there's a poll out today. Apparently, voters overwhelmingly believe fake news is a problem. And a majority agree with former President Trump that the media has become The enemy of the people. A new Rasmussen survey, 58% likely voters at least somewhat agree that the media are that enemy. They're not talking about an enemy like an enemy state. It's just that they're not looking out for the interest of the people. Or as Bill O'Reilly would always say, the folks. They're not looking out for the folks. 36% don't agree. 23% that strongly disagree. And 83 percent, a whopping 83 percent, said that fake news is a big problem. Uh, you think? By the way, 92 percent of Republicans said it's a problem. 74 percent of Democrats, they even know what benefits them. They've got almost all the media. They have it all. They've got three broadcast networks. They've got their morning shows. They've got their evening newscast shows. They've got... Uh, every major newspaper in the country, New York Times, Washington Post, I, why anyone reads this stuff anymore? I just I just don't. I stay away from it. I read the papers that I like to read, like the New York Post. I read the Wall Street Journal. Don't always agree with them either. But I read them and I learn from them. And, and we're, we're, we are we search everywhere high and low for the information to put this pro- program on every day. Want to give you news and information in an entertaining way that you're not going to get from the mob and the media and that you'll be canceled for on any social media platform or big tech. And it's just it's just where we are as a country. You know, if there was fairness, the litmus test is simple. If Don Jr., if Eric Trump, if anybody with the last name Trump lied on a gun license, what do you think would happen? If anyone with the last name Trump dumped a gun in a dumpster, by the way, that's illegal. What do you think would happen if they were using crack? What do you think would happen? Rudy Giuliani telling Mike Huckabee, yeah, there's some bad illegal pictures on that Hunter laptop. It's going to be interesting to see if that turns out to be true. I'm not allowed to get a copy. My my lawyers won't let me. Don't laugh, it's long story made short. But, you know, it's the laptop from hell. Joe caught in a lie, lying that he never, he said he never talked to Hunter Biden's foreign business associates. He never talked to, never talked to Hunter about it. But we have pictures of him having dinner as vice president with some of these associates. We have the tape of him leveraging a billion dollars. You know, imagine if a Trump kid was making millions from ukraine while donald trump is in office you know getting you know wire transfers from kazakhstan oligarchs three and a half million from a russian oligarch first lady of moscow imagine a trump kid getting a hundred thousand dollars shopping spree you've won a hundred thousand dollars shopping spree courtesy of a chinese national what would the reaction be or a one billion dollar deal later becomes a one point five billion dollar deal with the Bank of China with ties to the Chinese military. What do you think would happen? And 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 that is the corruption that is the media mob, the the blue check Twitter, you know, media cult that exists out there. And it is a cult. Very few honest people now left in media. Journalism is dead. You know, the fact that Fox allows a few conservative voices, you'd think it's the end of the world. Do, do any of these other channels ever put on conservatives? You know, it used to be, Linda, you can you remember the days I'd get my ass out of bed and I'd even do Good Morning America conser- occasionally or, or the Today Show occasionally or <laughs> I can't even believe I ever did it, The View, occasionally. I would be caught dead on these shows. By the way, nobody watches them anymore anyway. I mean, in all honesty, broadcast viewing is like dead. It's unbelievable. You know, when we did our interview, our our town hall with President Trump, I don't talk a lot about ratings on this program. Ratings go up and down and, and so on and so forth. But in all of television, it was the number two most watched show in the entire country that night. That's a cable news show. It was number two. Behind the NBA playoffs, which barely eked out a victory, um, and and I think it speaks volumes. People have more choices, more options than ever before. If there was an honest media, um, imagine the poll that we focused a lot on this week that shows fifty-seven percent of Americans don't think Biden is making the decisions and running the show at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. Fifty-eight percent of Independence. a third of Democrats even see it and admit it. Imagine, but, but now most of these networks, these two fake news propaganda cable channels, MSDNC and fake news CNN, they're not showing Joe's cognitive decline and his cognitive struggles and that he's become a cognitive mess. But still 57% of Americans see it for themselves. But they're not highlighting it. They're not even showing it. Unless it's live, then unfortunately, not much they can do at that point. You know, they're not telling America the story about how inflation is at a record level. You know, I've been going over, you know, great job. We're giving all this money away for people. And all it's doing is preventing people from getting back into the workforce. 9.2 million. It's a record. Businesses can't find employees. I I cannot believe that we learned this week that Joe is considering supporting shutdowns even further. As it relates to the coronavirus, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But that news is happening. Imagine if Donald Trump was responsible for building, in the middle of a pandemic, cages overcrowded with kids and then dispersing them all over the country for states to then become responsible for food, water, shelter, health care, and education. And not testing them for COVID. And there's been a high positivity rate for COVID from, from people illegally just being processed, violating our laws, for not respecting our borders and our sovereignty. Imagine if Trump did that, built those cages. Well, we already know because in, in 2018, they were showing video of Biden and Obama's cages for kids, and they blamed Trump for it. But the video was taken then, not now. It's pretty incredible. You know, look, 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 what, what is Joe going to do? I've been bringing this up all week. It's an unmitigated disaster at the border. And it's getting worse every month. You know this whole well. We're going to blame Republicans for defunding the police. What? Nobody believes that lie. You know this this you know Politicians Protection Act, this corrupt politicians Protection Act. That's blowing. Oh no! Now I, now we support voter ID because eighty percent of Americans support it. It's pretty unbelievable. What's Joe gonna do? Or if it's not Joe. Whoever's in charge, what is he going to do about Russia hacking again? You know, 1,500 more hackings of businesses that we just learned about in the last week after Colonial Pipeline, after our meat industry was hacked. What is Joe going to do to Russia? They don't seem to care what Joe thinks. China threatening the U.S., our military... Uh, bases japan their military bases our allies they're being threatened they're now saying they're, they're acting as though it's a fait accompli the reunification with taiwan we know the disaster that is hong kong iranians are now enriching uranium you know joe joe lifts the sanctions oh let's reward them for their behavior great idea not only then we then we withdraw this week from afghanistan and what do they do They left behind caches of munitions and arms and vehicles. Guess who got them? The Taliban. They couldn't have planned out maybe removing the weaponry of war that you know is going to get in the hands of the enemy? Have they forgotten what happened on 9-11? I haven't forgotten what happened on 9-11. I lost friends, people I knew on 9-11. I mean, I just—you can see Joe's in bad shape. Everybody sees it. Just you know, you compare, you compare it. Joe's now getting so confused he thinks he supported the Bin Laden raid, and we have him on tape saying he didn't support the Bin Laden raid. Uh, it just as a lie, you know. He gets asked a simple question: Well, the reason, uh, Joe, what do you plan to do about the latest cyber hacking? Well, um, let me order my ice cream waffle cone vanilla. He, he got that part perfect. Well, the reason I'm uh, late is um, uh, my staff. They they just briefed me on this cyber attack, and and um, and I'm sitting there. And then he's then there's the silence. With the
1: most recent hack
2: by the Russians, mm-hmm. would you say that this this means we're that... not sure it's the Russians? Okay, no, I, just most... I got
3: okay. I got a brief. I got a brief as I was on the plane. That's why, it was That's why
4: plane. I was late getting off I was late. i in a shape That's to now. talk to you about it. Um,
0: I'll tell you what they said. he pulls out a piece of paper and he starts oh. reading. But, but the problem is, he just got briefed. He can't remember what he heard 10 minutes ago. That's frightening. They had to write it down for him. Then he starts reading the answer. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is scary. Leaving weapons behind for the Taliban. Oh, and I, and you gotta love circle back, Jansaki. Her message on you know to the to, there's no celebration for the troops coming home because the war had not been won militarily. Wow, how many tours of duty did so many of these brave men and women go through? How many families lost loved ones in this military effort? And we're leaving the Taliban with weapons. You know, if the war is lost, as usual. It's the politicians that lose it. Now we're leaving the weapons so they can, you know, plan their next attacks against us. They have botched this like I've never seen before. They botched everything. You know, look at the economy. We're printing money faster than at any point in, in history. Inflation through the roof. You know, gas prices. You know, Joe is doubling down on, on driving up energy prices now. I, couldn't, I can't believe that I'm even reporting this. He's saying that he wants a a tax code change targeting energy companies that would increase pump prices. We're already paying a buck 25 more a gallon, Joe. We're already paying more for every single good and service that we we buy, Joe. We already have inflation over 5 percent, Joe. What are you thinking here? If we what end tax
4: breaks for fossil fuels, make polluters pay to clean up the messes they've made, Ugh. that would raise $90 billion. 90 billion. Who's,
0: Who's going to pay the 90? Now, think about this. Who pays the 90 billion? Is it the oil companies? No. It's the consumer. That would mean you. You pay that price. You pay more at the pump. You pay more to heat and cool your home. You pay more for, for everything you buy. It's It's unbelievable. But you don't get any of this from the media, do you? You know why talk radio is popular? Because we give you news information, hopefully in an entertaining way, that they won't give you. Because they're so corrupt and abusively biased. And there's nothing but propaganda, misinformation, political advocates for everything New Green Deal, radical socialists. It's sad. Defund, dismantle the police, and blame Republicans. Change voting laws, then blame Republicans. Oh, no, we're not against voter ID. It's an outright lie. I mean, just like everything else that they've been involved in. And But who's in charge? Does anybody know? For sure? Most Americans don't think it's Joe. It's not Sean Hannity. And most of the media hasn't even shown the worst of Joe. And there's a lot of worst of Joe out there. Um we'll get to this in more detail later. Remember the first graders cartoons masturbation private schools you pay 55 60 grand a year and what do you get? You got your 6-year-old learning about masturbation. Uh we'll play the tape later. In Chicago their public schools now are giving out condoms to fifth graders. Now let me do the math. If you're in fifth grade what you're 10 or 11 years old. You know you have Chicago's do nothing policy to combat the violence that takes place every weekend on monday we can come back come on this program and predictably say x number of people shot you'll never know their names x number of people shot and killed i pray to god that i'm wrong there are fellow americans i mean it's you know somebody took a shot at me james said i didn't read it and said yeah hannity says defunding the police is going to be blood in the streets i'm like Well, you don't have anybody defending law and order and keeping people safe and secure that every American deserves if they want to pursue happiness. You know, we can't read, we can't write, we can't do math. You know, we're not learning computers, but we're going to learn about critical race theory, uh, sex education for first graders, uh, masturbation included, and fifth graders are going to get condoms. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, new policy, Chicago Public Schools, Board of Education. Yeah, their fifth graders are higher. They must, must make condoms available for students in schools. Speaking to the Sun-Times, Maria Serrano a da- has a daughter, sophomore in high school. My question is, um, oh, my, is that, oh my God, how is it that the Chicago Public Schools want to give condoms to kids? They're ten years old, eleven years old, twelve years old. They're kids. What do they? Why do they feel the need to do this? Why is it? How about we? And you go to all these big cities. That's where the worst educational results are. Where you spend more money than every other industrialized country in the world, with the worst results. Welcome to the United Socialist Utopia, New Green Deal states under the ever cognitively weak Joe Biden we will continue 25 to the top of the hour so um, I was watching very closely the semifinals Stanley Cup semifinals Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning and it came down to game seven it's a best out of seven series and and the Tampa Bay won uh, one zero in game seven is a great game I wanted the Islanders to win but it's Tampa's a great team I mean they, they are a tight tight team this this is a well-oiled machine great great athletes i love sports and anyway so they've just won this week the stanley cup but something happened at the nassau coliseum islanders fans started this it's not a matter who started it but it was really cool to see in game five and they beat the canadians uh 4-1 in that series uh best of seven again and but the Tampa Bay fans, they did exactly what the Islander fans did. The the, the national anthem gets started and the fans take it over. Listen. Now, I would love to see this become the norm in every sport. Major league baseball, you know, baseball stadiums, you know, basketball arenas, football stadiums. I'd love to see this become the new norm. In other words, the American people, because I've been I've been pointing out that we're taking one of the most unifying events um, where people have a shared passion, their love of a sport and their love of a home team. And that, that love of the sport love of the home team brings people together. You have, you have this common passion with people, strangers. How many of you have been to a ball game, football game, basketball game, baseball game. It's happened to me a lot. And all of a sudden your home team, I don't know, they hit a home run or Somebody hits a three-point shot at the buzzer. Or, you know, a uh, two-minute drill. Uh, they race down 80 yards, cross the plane, kick the extra point, win the game in the last moment. High-fiving strangers, sharing popcorn with strangers, peanuts and popcorn, Cracker Jacks, whatever. So unifying. I just think I want the fans now to take over. I'd love to see this happen in every sport. I can't make this happen myself, but, I, you know, I, I, maybe we'll put this up on, online, Linda, and, and say, you don't have to agree with anything else I say, but would you like the fans to take over the singing of our national anthem? The players, they can do whatever they want. Because I think there's a loud message here. I think the message is that people have had it. They've had it with people staying in the locker room, not coming out for the anthem, People take it a knee during the anthem. Now, I'm not telling people what they can or cannot do. I don't, I don't support boycotts. I believe in liberty and freedom and free expression. I make my living with such. But the fans have a right to express themselves. And I feel that's what has spontaneously happened both in Long Island and now in Tampa Bay. I was very proud of the Tampa Bay fans last night or the other night when that happened. It was pretty cool. In other words, they're singing our anthem loudly and proudly, and unapologetically. And maybe in schools we can ask, you know, parents, let the parents determine if the kids are going to say the Pledge of Allegiance every day. And maybe the parents can weigh in and the students can weigh in on, on whether they want a moment of silence in public schools. Oh, how dare a moment of self-reflection. How can we can't possibly have that? I think it'd be great. Linda, what do you think? We put up and why don't we challenge professional athletes, not by name, and make it make it very clear distinction that you're not supporting any other Hannity views. Because people say, oh, oh, if the people start associating me with Hannity and I'll, I'll be half of America will hate me like they hate him. Um I I'm not looking for that because this could actually unite the country. Cause who goes to these baseball, basketball, football, hockey games? Conor uh, McGregor's fighting this weekend UFC or boxing Oscar De La Hoya did an interview he's getting back in the ring too which I think is awesome I hope he's in good shape said his, he's, his whole life is boxing it's all he wants to do and I admire it it's like the final Rocky movie Um, can you put something a poll of some kind up somewhere yeah we'll think?
1: we'll put a we'll put a poll up and we'll let people you know talk about how they love this patriotic act and do they want to see it continue? And you know, do they think it would be nice to see professional athletes get on board with supporting a country that's given them the opportunity to achieve so much? Well,
0: yeah, I think it'd be pretty, pretty darn amazing, you know. And and I think Amer- the American people they want their say, and what's happening is they're having their say in another way. And if anything, maybe professional sports won't see it this way. But when you add the politics, you're alienating. A big part of the the base that they're trying to get away from politics. That's why ratings are down for all of these sports so dramatically. I didn't look at the ratings for the for the Stanley Cup, but I'd be interested to see them because I'm guessing they probably did really well. Well, um, but I don't know for sure, so we have to see. By the way, taxpayers, you may be on the hook for 15 billion thanks to Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. Maybe his buddy Vladimir Putin. We'll pay for it considering Vladimir got the waiver to build his pipeline. I wouldn't hold my breath. And Biden now, even though uh, you want to talk about out of touchness, everything cost him, wants to now drive up energy prices and change the tax code and target energy companies. It's all him pushing, advancing new green deals, radical socialism. Hollywood donors, by the way, they're, they're trying to pressure Biden to cancel more pipelines. This was in the Daily Caller. 200 celebrities, Democrats, donors, signing a letter to Biden. Maybe somebody will read it to him before he goes to bed at night to halt the expansion of the Enbridge Line 3 pipeline in Minnesota. Letter, let's see, signed by Leonardo DiCaprio. Isn't that the guy that flew the private jet to celebrate New Year's, not once but twice, from Australia to Vegas? Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure we reported that accurately at the time. Mark Ruffalo, Jane Fonda, same old, same old people. Tom Steyer, Sierra Club Executive Director. We worked hard for your election in part because you embraced the climate change challenge as a defining strength of your candidacy. Your presidency is a watershed in human history. The last chance to turn the tide before climate disruption spirals out of control. The world is going to end at... You know, a couple of years ago, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez said it's going to end in 12 years. We only have 10 to say. I'm like, well, why are we bothering? If it's going to end. We ought to just throw one big never-ending party and just go out with a smile on our face because obviously I don't think they're going to achieve that goal because the lifeblood of the world's economy is still energy. Um, Wednesday, now you've been hearing a lot about these new coronavirus variants, the Delta variant, the Lambda variant from that seems to have originated in Peru. And it's on Wednesday, the Delta variant became America's dominant COVID strain now. Um, And the numbers, especially in Britain, which Delta hit hard, show it causes far fewer hospitalizations and deaths. New York Post reporting this. While vaccines remain highly effective against it, most people get to decide these things themselves. Most uh, media are hyping the fear. Scientists have good reason to sound the alarm. New York Magazine insists. I mean, this week, Joe's talking again about more draconian shutdowns. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. It's the opposite of what you told us. You get the vaccine, you're safe. Remember, how many times did they tell you? Hannity, you need to tell your, your listeners... Now we're going to go door-to-door. and How do you go door-to-door in America? Everybody knows the vaccines are out there and available and that there are three of them. Two are the mRNA vaccines. That's Pfizer-Moderna. Their efficacy has gone down, but that's a separate story for another day. And Johnson & Johnson, a more traditional way of making a vaccine. What do I say? Take it seriously. Do your research. Talk to your doctor or doctors. Uh, based on your unique medical history and make that decision in consultation with your doctor. Dr. Biden, Dr. Hannity, yeah, I don't really think that, yeah, that I have the expertise. Imagine if I did tell people, yeah, even if you got COVID, you should get the vaccine. Well, I would have been blown out of the water by the Cleveland Clinic in the last two weeks. You have the Health and Human Services Secretary, Javier Becerra is saying, absolutely, the government's business, it's the government's business to know which Americans have been vaccinated. He said, absolutely, it's the government's business. That was his answer. I wonder if you can
2: answer that criticism. It's none of the government's business knowing who has or hasn't been vaccinated. What do you say?
3: Brianna, uh, perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID and helping reopen the economy.
0: Oh, now it seems our health and human services secretary has changed his mind. He put out a tweet saying that he was taken out of context. No, he wasn't taken out of context. Some comments I made today are being taken widely out of context. To be clear, the government has no database tracking who is vaccinated. We're encouraging people to step up to protect themselves, getting others by getting vaccinated. It's the best way to save lives and end the pandemic. Okay, but that's not what you said. You said It absolutely was the government's business to know which Americans haven't been vaccinated yet against coronavirus. I don't know. Maybe they think that we we were suckers for this sort of thing. By the way, Rand Paul, you know, we turned out to be right based on the Cleveland Clinic. He's now saying it's time to get rid of the mask mandate on airplanes. But that's what they told us. You know, where's the vaccine hesitancy coming from? Democrats like Joe Biden, fully vaccinated, socially distant outside with Jill Biden, fully fully vaccinated, socially distant. Let's go visit former President Carter and his wife, former First Lady Rosalind Carter. And then while we're close to them, we'll take our masks off indoors. OK, tell me if any of that makes any sense. Um, I am hearing we're going to be getting in time. I can't give you a date. Big news about Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. That I'm telling you. You know it's sad too when Repo- when Democrats just lie. Like this whole Jim Crow 2.0 we've compared Georgia's new voting law a lot with for example Delaware which Joe has represented for decades and decades and decades. Kamala Harris Republicans don't want you to vote. And why are they making it more accessible in Georgia with 17 days of early in-person voting. Joe's state has none. Drop boxes everywhere. No excuse. Mail-in absentee balloting in Georgia. You don't have that in, in Delaware. No drop boxes in Delaware. No early in-person voting in Delaware. I mean, it's it, it, it's there's been so quick to label this as Jim Crow 2.0. They'd never realized Joe's state is the most restrictive and one of the most restrictive in the country. 89% of Americans now favor updating voter rolls Uh, In every election, 87, this is in the post, 87% against ballot harvesting. 80% of Americans feel verifying voter ID is an important security measure. 78% in addition to stronger voter ID laws support signature verification, chain of custody controls, bipartisan observers overseeing the counting uh, start to finish, and cleaning up the voter rolls and updating them every election. 71% do not believe ballots should be accepted after Election Day. Oh, maybe that's why there's a sudden flip. It's like they've suddenly flipped on defunding the police also. It's pretty unbelievable. But that's it. But by the way, Mitch McConnell said Democrats want to raise taxes by a whopping $3.2 trillion. That's what the plan is. One report, Nancy Pelosi's husband heavily is heavily invested in big tech. Apparently bought up to $11 million worth of big tech stocks in May and June, according to financial disclosure forms. And uh, anyway, her husband, that's Pelosi's husband, owns and operates a San Francisco-based Francisco, real estate and consulting firm. He bought 4,000 shares of Google's parent company, Alphabet, and he made an initial $4.8 million gain from their rising share price, which has now grown to $5.3 million. Not bad if you can get that gig. Maybe they can afford facilities around Nancy's home and office for all those people that are using drugs and defecating on the streets one mile from her home in one, one area of town and a mile in the other direction away from her office. All right, hour two on this Friday, Sean Hannity show, one Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Um, I know we've been talking at length and great specificity about critical race theory. We've been we've been playing a lot of the contentious town halls that have been going on around the country over the issue. Um, one of the most amazing things to me is, you know, you always think about sports, or you think about academics, or you think about Uh, anything the fundamentals always have to come first new york city for example spends on average twenty seven thousand dollars per student and in some cases less than six percent of the student body is proficient in math and science there are 13 public schools in the city of baltimore where, where you don't have a single child in any of them that is proficient in math and reading We are betraying our national treasure. That would be our children in the process. Uh, This is a a father, happens to be African-American, talking about critical race theory uh, that is teaching his daughter that her mother is evil. Listen.
5: Critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter that her mother is evil. Mm. You already have an educator within your staff that has pulled my daughter aside and said, well, you're a minority, so you know better than to engage in certain things. Wow. (gasps) Wow. Whoa! When I was brought to the school's attention, nothing happened to the educator. Instead, my daughter was brought in, and she was ridiculed. (laughs) So my question is now, with critical race theory being brought in, what is your criteria to educate the educators? And who are you to educate my children, or any of our children, in life issues. Right. That's our job. Yeah. Yes. Your job is to teach them math and science. Yes. Our job is to teach them about life.
0: Wow. How powerful was that? I mean, extraordinarily. I'm going to introduce to you uh, Joel Pollock, He's a friend of the program, has been for many years. Uh, Leo 2.0, Terrell, in a second. But I want to take you back. This is 2012. This is this radio program. This is Joel Pollack on this radio program discussing critical race theory. Listen. There's a particular setting in which all of this happens. I don't know if you want to give people a little taste of what we're talking about.
3: Well, I'll tell you this. Derrick Bell was the originator of a school of thought called critical race theory. And he said that the civil rights laws were bad for black people because it encouraged black people to believe that there could be racial equality. In his view, the entire system, the entire United States of America, was white supremacist to its core, and therefore you had to bring the entire system down. This is what he taught, this is what he wrote, and these are the ideas that Obama says on tape are inspiring him and causing everyone to open their minds. This is the man who is and was the Jeremiah Wright of academia.
0: Wow. Joel Pollack, editor-at-large, in-house counsel, Breitbart News, I believe also a Harvard graduate, uh, author of the new book, Neither Free Nor Fair, the 2020 U.S. Presidential Election. Leo 2.0, Terrell, Fox News contributor, civil rights uh, attorney, talk show host, also a former teacher, by the way, himself. Uh, welcome both of you back to the program. I, I want to dig a little bit deep, deeper because, honestly, Joel, the— you know this better than anybody, what what the foundation, uh, the foundational teachings of critical race theory and how it categorizes uh, groups of peoples as oppressors and oppressed, uh, identity politics on steroids. All of America's institutions are designed to maintain white supremacy. Talk about its history. So just to, just to help educate everybody, including me.
3: Well, first, I have to thank you, Sean, for paying attention to this issue nine years ago. You were ahead of the curve, and many in the media tried to dismiss critical race theory when we brought it up back then in the same way they're doing now. They said, oh, it's no big deal. It's nothing. Race, law, politics, you should just accept that all of this is intertwined. Why are you so upset about it? And they tried to bury it, and, of course, now it's come back with a vengeance. When the White House says, as Jen Psaki said today, that we have systemic racism in our society that is responsible for inequalities today what she's doing is applying a marxist idea to race and the idea is that just as marxists believe class is the structure of society critical race theorists believe that race is the structure of society and that our society is racist because our institutions were created with racism in mind, in fact, with racism as their founding principle in the 18th century. And the problem that critical race theory has with things like the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement is that they say these things create the illusion of legal equality. We only think that we have equality before the law, but in fact our system of property itself is racist because it's predicated on the idea that black people could be owned as property. We still haven't gotten rid of that idea from within our notion of property somehow. And so the only solution is radical redistribution of wealth and property and opportunity. And that's what critical race theory is about, and it's a driving ideology in this administration, and parents around the country are starting to stand up against it because they're realizing it's in their kids' school curriculums, it's in their workplaces, it's these big private defense contractors making their employees go through classes on white privilege. It's really corrosive to an open, civil democratic society.
0: You know, Leo, 2.0, Terrell, when I think back on all the, the the deep dives that we were involved in in vetting Barack Obama. You know, what is a community organizer? Let's get uh, let's do a deeper dive into um, ACORN. Uh, what is black liberation theology that so inspired uh, Barack Obama, not only to attend the church of Reverend Wright, but also, uh, you know, write a book about a lot of this? Um and, and getting to the root cause, again, radicalism, Marxist socialism uh, at the core of it. And and now it's taken center stage on a level that I don't think anybody ever anticipated. Many of the radical ideas of Obama now are, are I guess, the Democratic Party is, is caught up to his radicalism in some ways that nobody wanted to pay attention to.
6: Well,
7: first of all, let me just, I'll answer your question, but I want to say that tape of nine years ago, is amazing. And my hat's off to you and and Joe regarding that tape in which he announced the critical race theory. The critical race theory whole concept is a conclusion without supporting facts. When I was listening to that, when you talk about the the whole civil rights movement, the the Voting Rights Act, it's an illusion. That's a conclusion without facts. When you talk about the the Civil War and, and those who fought for the Civil War. It's a conclusion without facts because they basically are saying that even though you see all this progress, it's an illusion. Conclusion without facts. When you focus on Barack Obama, I mean, think about this. Here's a man who won his first primary, his caucus in Iowa, 90% white. How do they justify the twice-elected black man in the White House? How does critical race theory address that issue? Uh, Basically, critical race theory basically concluded that Dr. King was not a fraud, but was misguided. It's a theory that has gained steam, fortunately, with an extreme leftist viewpoint. Because, Sean, you and Joe know that mainstream America rejects critical race theory. We all reject it. And they have the audacity to think they're speaking for people of color. They do not. They speak for a very fringe, radical group that is trying to hijack our system. And I'll tell you right now, it has my opinion. It will it will always be here, but it will not gain the type of steam that they envision because the majority of America and I say the supermajority of America rejects
0: it. The Britannica offers Joel this definition of critical race theory, the view that the law and legal institutions are inherently racist and that race itself, instead of being biologically grounded and natural is socially constructed a socially constructed concept that is used by white people to further their economic and political interests at the expense of people of color? And according to CRT, racial inequality emerges from the social, economic, legal differences that white people create between races to maintain elite white interest in labor markets, politics, given uh, giving rise to poverty, criminality in many minority communities. Time magazine they they talked about the origins of critical race theory and and how you know the, the movement really came into being at a 1989 workshop led by Crenshaw and the and these other people at St. Benedict's in Madison Wisconsin but the, in the 70s, a group of legal scholars, activists, developed the theory building on the work of movements like critical legal theory, radical feminism, etc. I mean, there's a long history. The Heritage Foundation says, yeah, this ideology that whiteness is oppression and that all its manifestations are and and hard work is the key to success must be stamped out. I mean, that's so fairly accurate in your view.
3: Well, when I see people like Jen Pisaki who... Is the press secretary, even though she didn't do anything during the campaign, that job actually belongs to Simone Sanders, the African American woman who trudged through the snow in high heels in Iowa. When everybody was jumping ship and abandoning Joe Biden, I'm not sure why Jen Psaki got the job, but people at that level elites, love critical race theory because it makes white supremacy the problem and it makes white privilege the issue that has to be unraveled. The only people who can unravel white privilege are white people themselves. That's why you see elite white kids out in the street rioting. That's why you see Jen Psaki talking about systemic racism. You know, she's not going to give up her job for Simone Sanders anytime soon, but they love it because it makes them central they can be the leaders of this new civil rights movement. They are important because it's only they who can renounce white privilege. And so ironically, it makes elite white people who want to be told how wonderful they are instead of just getting down to the business of being American and doing a day's work, it makes them so important. So critical race theory actually flatters the elite. And if if you listen to Ibram Kendi, who's one of the main authors out there promoting critical race theory today, He assuages groups that pay him tens of thousands of dollars to speak, and he says racism isn't a personal problem. People aren't racist. It's the system that's racist. It's the policies that are racist, and I can absolve you of that racism. I can call you anti-racist allies if you just support the right party, if you just vote the right way and put the right policies in place. So that's the deal it's an elite deal the elites are embracing critical race theory because it allows them to maintain their power
8: Uh, Delegates of the National Education Association, they approved a measure last week calling for support of, quote, the implementation of culturally responsive education, critical race theory, and ethnic studies curriculum, the pre-K through 12, and higher education. Um, The president is obviously a big fan of education. Uh, First Lady is a teacher. She's a a union teacher. I'm wondering, what are the president's thoughts on anti-racism curriculum in the classroom?
2: Well, the president believes that in our history, uh, there are many dark moments, and there is not just slavery and racism in our history. There is systemic racism that is still impacting society today. And he believes, as I believe, as a parent of children, that kids should learn about our history. Uh, so as a, the, the spouse of an educator and as somebody who is, continues to believe that children should learn uh, not just the good, but also the challenging in our history. And that's part of what we're talking about here, even as it's become politically charged. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Go
0: Answer that, Leo, through the prism of Joe's history on racial issues, especially as partnering with the former Klansman.
7: Well, first of all, uh, you have to remember that Joe Biden of today is probably having everything spoon-fed to him, and basically his position is the position of the extreme socialist. Joe Biden, the Joe Biden that we know of today, is the Joe Biden who, for 40 years, embraced, racial segregation, embrace Robert K. K-, K Byrd. This is a guy who called uh, mixing or integrating the community racial jungle. So I don't think you're really hearing from Joe Biden. I think you're hearing from a progressive left wing who have hijacked the White House. But I want to say this very clear because I've said it on your TV show and radio show a hundred thousand times. There is no systemic racism in this country. That is a term that they keep throwing out every day. It is. Imp- you, you should, I ask anyone listening to this program today, identify the department, identify the, the, the head of this department where there's implementing systemic racism. That's a 1950, 1960 term. It's been eliminated since the Voting Rights Act, Civil Rights Act, Fair Housing Act. They use this as a race card division final point. It, the thing that makes it so embarrassing is that you hear this term of systemic racism articulated in Democratic cities, in Chicago, in L.A., in Baltimore, where you have people of con- color controlling the system. So it's a big, fat lie, and it's constantly being played upon. The White House is using it today.
0: All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in a second. 941 Sean our number. Um, so it started... At the Nassau Coliseum, uh, in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup, and it was spontaneous. The crowd started loudly, proudly, unapologetically singing and taking over the singing of our national anthem. And I said at the time, I wish wish this would go viral. I, I would hope, I want every sport, every fan of every sport to stand and proudly, loudly, and unapologetically take off their hats, put their hands over their heart, and sing our national anthem. And that is that would be the fans now making their voices heard in terms of they don't want politics in sports, and they love their country, and they're proud of it, uh, unlike a lot of what we heard last week during the 4th of July. Now, the Islanders lost in Game 7. Uh, 1-0 to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. They won in Game 5, five games over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, this is from Game 5. This is the Tampa Bay Lightning fans now doing what the Islanders fans did. It's not a matter of who, who did it. I want everyone to do it at every sporting event. Listen. I mean, it's so powerful. It just, it it makes you, it makes, it sends such a strong message. Imagine if this happened in every arena at every NBA game. Imagine if it happened in every stadium where Major League Baseball is played. At every stadium where NFL games are played. Or, you know, maybe it'll happen this weekend. Conor McGregor is, uh, is back in the, in the cage, the octagon, this weekend. Although, you know, I, the, the few sports that I see that have not allowed their sport to be taken over by politics, I would say hockey, boxing, uh, certainly uh, UFC, you know, MMA fighting, the, you know, the octagon. And I, I mean, everyone on my team, it's like we're taking the most unifying moment ever of shared passion, sports, people there cheering on their home team, you're high-fiving strangers, you're sharing popcorn and Cracker Jacks with strangers, peanuts with strangers, and, you know, bringing people of all backgrounds, races, socioeconomic backgrounds together, And, and unity because of the shared passion of your home team and the politics that have been brought into professional sports. It's just turning people away. Anyway, let's get to our phones on this Friday. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. All right, John is in Arizona. John, hi, how are you? Glad you called.
9: Hey, thanks, Sean. I just have a question for you. So I guess I'm wondering, how how do you weed out the bad Republicans from the good ones? Here in Arizona, we already have two mayors that are starting to sign on to this critical race theory garbage. And I think it's time conservatives come up with a game plan to weed them out because they're slowly starting to take over.
0: The, you know, the, the thing is, is it's critical race theory is only the, the latest example. But the problem is a little bit bigger in my mind. And that is the unholy alliance with teachers unions and their hold on the Democratic Party. And meanwhile, who's suffering? Our kids are suffering. We spend more per capita. Than any other industrialized country. And we, you know, we come in like anywhere between 37 and 40 on any given year. We're not getting the bang for our buck. And now, rather than focusing on the fundamentals, reading, writing, math, computers, et cetera, and now we're doing social engineering. I, look, I talked. Um, did you see the videos we played last night on sex ed that was going on in these expensive elite schools in New York? This is from the Dalton School. You have the sex educator. And this is a cartoon video um, for first graders, six year olds, explaining masturbation. I, I guess Linda wants me to give a, you know, uh, listener alert. But here's. Just Call it a, a disclaimer? A disclaimer, exactly. Let's play it.
4: Hey, how come my gets big sometimes and points up in the air?
10: That's called an. Sometimes I touch my because it feels good sometimes when i'm in my bath or when mom puts me to bed i like to touch my too you have a there kayla that probably feels good to touch the same way Keith's feels good when he touches it but have you ever noticed that older kids and grown-ups don't touch their private parts in public hmm they don't that's right keith it's okay to touch yourself and see how different body parts feel but it's best to only do it in private.
6: Can
9: you believe that? That is awful. You know, and, and again, it's like, I don't care what party you're coming from, left or right. If a politician is for that, they, they need their ass out of office.
0: It's not happening. You have, you have, we have more teachers in New York City that get paid and they can't even go into a classroom. Because of allegations, they never get resolved because of the power of the teachers unions, even serious allegations. And the, the only answer is at the ballot box. And I'll tell you, I would argue we've heard about disparate sentencing for minorities in America, something that Donald Trump tried to rectify as president, and I think he did a good job of it. But there's, you know, disparate educational opportunities as well. A lot. The worst school districts seem to be in the bluest states, in the bluest cities, um, in areas where you have high populations of uh, minorities in America. And they are a national treasure. And if you believe in natural rights, as I do, and that talent is in every man, woman, and child on this earth, the battle is in the human soul for good and evil. It's But we're all created with God's talent, by God, with talent. The word education means to bring forth from within from the Latin. And we're failing our national treasure, our kids, on a spectacular level. And no Democrat ever, ever wants to fix it. The Republican that can convince uh, parents of all races and backgrounds that they're going to fix the educational system and get elected and do it, that politician, that'll be the single greatest electoral transfer of, uh, of loyalty uh, in our lifetime, I believe. We've got to solve that yeah. problem. You solve law, the problem of law and order, keep everyone safe and secure. You solve the education problem. Every parent wants their kid to get a good education. They're being denied it all over the country. It is sad. I agree. I
9: agree with that. I agree with what you said. And it's time to start vetting our candidates, no matter what side they're on, left or right, and make sure that they are aligned with constitutional values, but also just, um, you know, ending this whole brainwashing that we're seeing right now.
0: It's, It's bad. And that's what it is. Indoctrination, brainwashing, propaganda, I've been saying this for a long time. Major institutions, the Democratic Party, the media, the media mob, the big tech mob. They are failing the people in this country spectacularly. And and we've got an opportunity to fix it. Starts in November of twenty twenty two. Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. Uh, Madeline in Colorado. Hi. How are you?
10: Hey, Sean. Great. Thank you for the opportunity to share about a very disturbing phone call that I got yesterday from my primary care doctor. Really? Um, Yeah, so two days ago, her office manager calls me and asks me, first of all, have you been vaccinated? And I said, no. Then, are you planning on getting vaccinated? I said, no. And she said, well, I wanna inform you of our new office policy, and that is that you must be fully vaccinated. And two weeks post your second vaccination, to be seen in person in our office. I well,
0: asked her, uh, Well, why aren't they following, if I may, you don't have to answer this question. I believe in medical privacy. Did you ever get COVID? Yes. So you have natural antibodies. So the Cleveland I Clinic said it. a couple of weeks ago that if you have natural antibodies, then you don't need a vaccine at all. I thought they were following the science doesn't sound like your doctor's following the science. We were also told that people, as long as they're vaccinated, then they don't have to worry about coming into contact with people that, that potentially, uh, could transfer. You can contract the the coronavirus or COVID-19 with they, they would be protecting themselves. They would be safe. So they shouldn't worry about other people at that point. That's what they told us. I listened very closely. um, you know, I, I mean, there's the easy route, which is go get another doctor. The other thing, too, is I'll tell you what's troublesome to me about that call. Um, to have an office person from your doctor ask you such a personal question um, and not give you the option of not answering bothers me. Because I believe in medical privacy. And you, had every, you have every right to say, ma'am, my, my medical um, records are private and they are personal. And that's between me and my doctor, not you. Even though you work for my doctor, I'll talk to him directly about it. You could ask for a direct call with the doctor. It sounds to me like you're going to need a new doctor. Um, and, and probably at least you'll find, hopefully find one that follows the science because they keep lecturing us on following the science and you're following the science of the Cleveland Clinic. I think they would leave you alone and find an office too that respects medical privacy. That would be my best advice. Does that help?
10: yeah absolutely and that is what i started to do the sad thing is um this is not the only doctor here in aurora because when i started calling the doctors that are participating in my uh, insurance i found several others that were uh, uh, using the same policy in their office of only fully vaccinated people are going to be seen in person
0: unbelievable i mean it doesn't surprise me in this day and age but unbelievable Uh, linda is in texas on this friday linda happy friday glad you called
1: yes um sean i'm calling because i am a political and economic refugee from california and i (laughs) wanted to talk about that Um, i and i moved to texas and uh, for one thing we lived in a beautiful community uh, northeast of sacramento up in the foothills but um, what people don't know is that the liberal uh, environmentalists there will not let uh, people clear the uh, forest floor. And that is what um, normally fires would do that. And so it just creates these fire danger. That was one thing. And um, we were evacuated twice. Um, we had fires within a mile of our house. And, uh, of course, our fire insurance, along with all our neighbors, uh, got canceled. The only fire insurance we could get was through the state, and it just went up exponentially to the point where I don't even know how some people uh, can afford it. A friend of mine, hers went up to $15,000 a year. Um, I know of four other families that also moved to Texas for the same reason, and unfortunately, um, people are moving from the Bay Area into the area where we were living, which was a very red area, and of course, I'm afraid that they're going to be turning it blue. Uh, We did rent a U-Haul truck in 2019 to move some of our stuff out here. And as you mentioned yesterday, it cost us about $3,000 to uh, rent that. And um, then we were lucky to move our furniture with a moving truck. And I heard that after that, there was a shortage of moving companies that were uh, able to move uh, things to California. Since I've been here, uh, when we moved here last year, a uh, gas was a dollar fifty-four, and I was paying close to four dollars a gallon uh, in California. Um, also, just some of the crazy laws that are there. Um, if you go into a restaurant, I mean, this is just one that I always remember. If you go to a restaurant. A waiter or waitress cannot offer you a straw because if they do they will be fined you have to ask for a straw and it's stupid things like
0: that well i mean more. by the way i hate those like paper that. straws i can't stand them i hate them i want <laughs> well, my plastic anyway. straw back but anyway my minor complaints in life you know it's just sad i mean it's they're chasing people away you're you're now in a majority of people i mean for the first time in 171 years people are leaving the state of california and and once again the science isn't being followed is it uh linda because if the science was followed it's called the science of forestry and yeah cleaning out the brush so that you don't have kindling so that these massive uh wildfires you know burn millions of acres that a lot of which could be controlled through controlled burns etc um then they put people's you know homes in jeopardy and then to ensure your home it becomes cost prohibitive so you had no choice the only good news i can tell you is i think you're going to meet great people in texas you're going to save a lot more money and you're going to be happy you made the move okay
1: Oh, I know that. I know that. I also want to tell you, too, that I know personally of two small businesses. One had been there for 30 years, and one had been there 40 years. And because of the lockdown, thank you, Gavin Newsom, um, those both went. They decided to close their doors. Also, the rolling blackouts had an effect, too.
0: That's all um, going on. But but, but remember, Gavin kept open his winery, and then his kids went into in-person learning in their private school. Uh, Linda, appreciate it. Enjoy Texas, okay? Say hi to our friends down there. Um I I've got a roll. Uh uh eight hundred nine four one Sean is our number. We'll get more of your calls in next uh hour. Jesse Waters is gonna check in with us today from Fox. Quick break, right back. All right, news roundup information overload hour. Toll-free, our number 941 Sean. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? A lot of your calls coming up. Special reminder, the great one Mark Levin uh unveils his brand new book, American Marxism. Uh, it, uh for the full hour tonight on uh, hannity you don't want to miss it um there was i'm not sure why avenatti doesn't particularly like me we we actually gave him something he never provided justice kavanaugh and that was due process at one point and then it ended up that yeah people did rush the judgment we weren't one of them um but you know there's something deeper i i've said what how often that media journalism in america is dead you have these powerful institutions aligning for their radical socialist agenda, the new Green Deal. you got the Democratic Party, the media mob, you got big tech, all aligned together. It is propaganda, distortion, misinformation, indoctrination, you name it. Our schools, you can add that to the list as well. But it's, it's fascinating when you go back and you listen. Let me, let me just play the media just fawning over michael avenatti now sentenced to 30 months in prison but but how they treated him why because he would bang up trump all he would do, attack trump every second every minute every hour he's on tv listen He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare, Michael Avenatti. <laughs> Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti.
10: Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael
0: Avenatti. Michael Avenatti.
10: Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's <laughs> out there saving the country. Don
5: Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now.
10: I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough for Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think.
0: These people all like you.
10: I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert
5: Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it
10: to yeah. her and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. But he has a great bigger calling here that being a lawyer is minimal compared to what he's doing.
0: No one has talked tougher directly
3: to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti and Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. That's fascinating. Donald Trump is terrified of Michael
0: Avenatti.
2: now Trump a run for his money more than <laughs> anybody else Michael Avenatti.
0: Existential threat to the Trump presidency. The
2: Democrats could learn something for you. You are messing with Trump a lot more than they are.
0: He has no doubt created sheer panic in Donald Trump's
4: very fragile mind.
10: Michael Avenatti is laying down the law as guest co-host. And is he really thinking about running for president?
5: Uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. You look at the field of Democrats right now and Avenatti's the one who stands out.
10: If they decide they value a fighter most, people would be foolish to underestimate Michael Avenatti. I have always said
5: that they need a fighter. Look, I mean, we're going to continue to
0: use the media. I think we've used it with great success. All of my sexual fantasies involve handcuffs. Uh (laughs) Oh! Oh, boy. Humpty Dumpty even telling Avenatti he's a serious contender to be president in 2020. Anyway, so uh, joining us now, we have uh, our friend Jesse Waters, host of the hit show on the Fox News channel, Uh, a friend of ours. uh, Number one, the five. Then he has Water's World. He's uh, laid out his latest new book, which just came out this week, How I Saved the World. All right. Let me try and understand this. It's Water's World and we all live in it. And now Jesse Waters is 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 Jesus and save the world. Help me out with this. All right. Uh,
8: let's get deep, Sean. I saved myself. <laughs> all right. You know, yeah. I needed saving. I got to a place in my life. I saved myself. All right. And it is my world. So it does make sense.
0: But you, what do you mean you saved yourself? How do you save yourself? I thought we, we had to ask Jesus into our heart to get saved.
8: Well, there is a part of that, too. There's a spiritual side to Waters, but we don't need to disclose that to Hannity. <laughs> I <laughs> got to a place in my life. I got remarried. Uh, you know, I have twins. I found balance between the five and Waters' world, and you know, I'd fallen in love, and I would finally got to a place where there was a little bit of calm, and I found grounded. And I reflected on 20 years at Fox about, and I thought it was a time to share these tales of these media wars that i've been involved in these adventures to san francisco and nude beaches and i have a lot of observations <laughs> about what i've seen
0: 48 <laughs> nude beaches i miss i must have missed that report but keep going
8: <laughs> so i've learned a lot about the american people but especially liberals and i understand them very well now as a species And I've seen them in the wild, so I'm here to deliver a report about them and why they are trying to control everything. A part of this is because they can't really live with themselves. They're unhappy, their life lacks meaning, so they feel like they have to control everybody else to stay relevant. And that's where we are today. And I explain that pretty uh, analytically in this book, but I do it with humor and also seriousness.
0: You know, it is an amazing thing because if you're an independent thinker today uh, and you are and I am and there are a few of us, it's not a whole lot of us, but there are a few of us. If you're an independent thinker today, I mean, you, you've got it. I call it the blue checkmark checkmark Twitter cult of media and that if well, the, I'll, I'll I'll retweet your story. If you retweet my story, I'll say you're great. If, if, if you say I'm great, et cetera, et cetera. I don't I have nothing but contempt for that world. They don't like me and I don't like them being very upfront about it. I don't know if you've ever been to a Washington correspondence dinner. Well, 25 years at Fox, I've never been to one. 33 years in radio, (laughs) I've never been to one. And the point is, though, and I think what distinguishes, say, Fox from the mob in the media is they do allow some conservative voices. You are one of them.
8: I'm glad you brought up the White House Correspondence Center because I did do a little red carpet there for Fox. And I got into a little scuffle afterwards because, you know, these people. I want to hear this story. Who
0: did you get into a scuffle with?
8: Uh, One of these guys was at Huffington Post or something like that. I should never have gone to an MSNBC after party. And that's where the night probably
0: began. You went went to an MSNBC after party? They let you in?
8: I did they let me in, and uh you know someone tried to get in my face with a camera, and I had to confiscate their phone
0: I'm sorry oh I actually- um, remem- I remember this <laughs> I think we yeah, actually we played did- it. I remember oh yeah, uh, we well, these, these moments in the life happened it's just you know minor <laughs> altercations that's all that's the way I would describe it.
8: I actually opened the book with a story about how someone tries to fight me on a subway. They actually confused me with Pete Hexas. I next
6: to him and he goes,
8: are you the one that doesn't wash your hands? I said, no, that's not me. That's not me. He ends up, at the end of the ride, pouring a beer on my head. Oh, boy. And I I talk about in the book how I handled myself. Well, no, no, forget the book.
0: Tell tell our audience how you handled that. I want to know.
8: Well, you know, it was a tall boy, so it wasn't just a little beer. I mean, I got soaked. So uh, I stood up. I had an umbrella in my hand, and I kind of grabbed the guy by his collar and pushed him out of the subway and just landed a right hand to him. And then I had to decide, am I, am I going to stay on the platform and fight this guy, or am I going to go back in the subway because I had about $600 of new suits sitting there in a hanging bag. So I did the right thing. I got back on the subway, and then, on your recommendation, I start taking jiu-jitsu classes.
0: <laughs> Are you really taking jiu-jitsu
8: I took about six months of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu.
0: And, yeah, um, I actually, and I, have, I, have, I do Japanese jiu-jitsu, Kempo Krav Maga, boxing, street fighting, situational fighting. I, you, I'm nuts about it. So is Hegseth as, as an odd uh, segue here. Quick break, more with uh, Jesse Waters, host of The Five Waters World, his new book, How I Saved the World, bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com. Listen, look, after this year, unlike any other year, We want some summer fun. We deserve it. Yeah, but you got to be on the lookout because cyber criminals, they never stop working. They've got these new travel scams to steal your identity. Now, LifeLock.com sees the threats you will miss on your own. Very low annual rate. They'll scour the dark web. Make sure your personal information is not for sale because every day we put that personal information at risk on the Internet. Uh, if in fact they see that your information's compromised, you get an alert. If your identity's stolen, they have your dedicated restoration specialist to help fix it for you. Very low annual rate. LifeLock by Norton, and now you'll save an additional twenty-five percent today if you go to lifeLock.com, use the promo code Hannity, or just call one eight hundred LifeLock and mention my name. And the great part is that you'll protect your name. Your reputation, your finances, and your credit score. LifeLock.com, promo code Hannity. Sleepy Joe just signed more executive actions in one week than most presidents did in their entire term. So much for democracy. Looks like Joe is the new dictator.
3: Hannity's on right now.
0: continue with Jesse Waters. He just released this week his new book, How I Saved the World. Of course, you can catch him on The Five and his show on Fox Waters World. You know, it, it's, I feel, and I know you probably feel the same way, that what we get to do every day is really a blessing. The only reason we get to do what we do is because there is an audience that is extraordinarily supportive and loyal. And you've been on a hit show now, The Five. It's, it's just had, I believe it's, what, 10th or, or 15th anniversary? I don't even remember anymore. Um, 10, right. And I knew it was going to be a hit from day one, and it was. It's a great show. Then you got your own show, Waters World. Then you're filling in for people like me and Laura Ingram and Tucker and everybody else. And I, I know that, because we've discussed it, that you're very appreciative that we, and I know I'm appreciative that we get to do this every day.
8: I'm so grateful and just love the opportunity Fox has given me and we will never let the audience down. When I traveled the country, I spoke to thousands of people, and it's just so important for me to convey what they're feeling on the air. And I feel like they rely on me and on you to say what they're thinking. And without us, they wouldn't have a voice by the way the media is right now. It's like 90 percent liberal. So when people come up to me on the street, I'm sure they do the same thing to you. You know, they say, I love you, Sean, or I love you, Jesse. Keep it up. Don't stop fighting. And that message is so important to me. It just gives me the chills talking about it because we're really there for them. We're really representing the American people. And it's just an honor to be able to be a voice for them.
0: You started out being Bill O'Reilly's sort of on the road correspondent, and then it evolved into Waters World. And these adventures took you all over the country. What are some of the most memorable ones for you? Well I remember
8: going to the border and actually climbing the border fence and and screaming at the Mexican side that they were going to have to pay for the wall. And that was you, uh, did, uh,
0: not, you been, did not, I'd did never you never
8: been to the <laughs> I did. I'd never been to the border before and for people you know you live up here in Manhattan or or DC you have to go to the border to see what it's like. And, and it goes with what you were just saying in the last second, The the left is so out of touch. They only go across the country every four years. They go to Iowa, and they think it's another solar system. You know, I was going to Iowa. I was going to New Hampshire. I was going to the south side of the Chicago. I remember going to the south side, and it was, I was looking around. It was kind of dangerous, and I turned to my guy who I was with, and I say, you know, should I be worried? And he goes, you're a white boy. You're our best customer. We're not going to touch a hair on your head.
0: They really so say said, that?
8: Yeah, he said white people are our biggest customers. You know the, the narcotics trade is just enormous in Chicago, and you know that's what just fuels this whole thing. So I learned so much, and it goes to what you're saying with Avenatti. You grew up in a in probably a neighborhood unlike other people that have been in this in the business. So we kind of have street smarts. We can smell an Avenatti. You know, we have we have our head on a swivel. You know, and growing up, you and I saw snakes. We saw hustlers. We saw people steal things, and we knew what to look out for because our instincts kick in.
0: Anybody that would say anything bad about Trump became an instant star um, in the right. in the media world that we live in. Um, it's almost like they're alternate universes now, and besides Fox, I don't see and talk radio, I don't see many other outlets that even have any conservative opinions ever offered. And I'll tell you, one of the fascinating things that has evolved post Donald Trump as president, I would argue that the people that miss him the most are the three broadcast channels, MSDNC, Fake News CNN, The New York Times, The Washington Post, because their viewership is down, their readership is down dramatically, draconian low levels. I mean, it's kind of scary. And I think that if Donald Trump got back in the mix, I think they'd be the happiest people out there. They probably would secretly vote for him, so they, their <laughs> jobs would get exciting again because Joe's not cutting it.
8: I agree. They committed suicide in 2020, and they had a decision to make. Are, are we going to report honestly? on the president, are we going to report on the laptop, or are we going to pretend like it doesn't exist just to drag Joe across the finish line and shoot our credibility in the foot? So they dragged Joe across, they have no credibility anymore, and now they have no rating. So it was a conscious decision they made, it was driven by hatred, and they had no long-term thinking. There was nothing like covering Donald Trump. I said this on The Five the other day, he was the first president that I covered from the studio. That, 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 starting off, that is like your first kiss being a supermodel. You set the bar very high there. And so now I'm covering a president that doesn't exist. And they can't manufacture news. They're covering up for them. But I'm, right now, CNN's not even cracking a million in the, in the overall. And they're going to have a big problem going into next year when it gets even slower. And they're going to be begging Donald Trump to get back in the ring. And he might.
0: It's in bookstores everywhere. Uh, Of course, you can catch Jesse Waters uh, on his show, The Five, and on Waters World on the weekend. Uh, The book, How I Saved the World, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Uh, uh, Jesse, always love having you on. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you soon.
8: Love you, Sean. You're the best. I want people,
0: by the way, to read the part about how your mom is a left-wing radical, leftist.
8: Mom text. I actually respond to all these mom texts, so I uh, get the last word.
0: T- tell your mom I said hi. I'm sure she's, I'm sure she's dying to hear it, uh, not by the low <laughs> sounds of it. All right, 800-941-SHAWN <laughs> our number. We'll get to your calls. Final uh, half hour of the program. Levin tonight debuts his brand-new book. It's American Marxism. This is not only what we're facing as a country in a world, but how do we fix it? There's a great chapter. It's the last chapter. We'll tell you about it tonight. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800 941 Sean, You want to be a part of the program? All right, to the phones we go. Mark Levin, by the way, for the full hour tonight, debuts his brand new book. This has the roadmap. What we're dealing with, how deep the problem is, American Marxism, and more importantly, how the people of this great country... uh, Get the get the ship steered back in the right direction. Many of you asked me that question. Uh, the answer tonight, 9 Eastern, so your DVR, Fox. Aaron in West Virginia. Aaron, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you called.
11: Hey, how you doing, Sean? I'm
0: good. How are you? Uh,
11: so, pretty good. So, I was reading the other day, like, the New York Post article about Hunter and the, la- and the famous laptop, right? So I read. I start reading through the article about the, where he met with Mexican businessmen in his own house. And the further down the article I get, my mouth is about like fell to the floor. Not because I'm surprised, because I'm surprised that none of this has been on the news. And then when I look at the article, the date on the article that they posted it to their Facebook, and it was like on, that New York Post posted it, was like the 30th. And, you know, it's what, like the 10th? Yesterday was like the night. Nothing. I haven't heard anything about it anywhere. And he They're
0: trying to ignore it Two. How they, they protected Joe Biden. Illegal? They they literally squashed the story before the election, just like, you know, they hypocritically ignored the real quid pro quo with Joe leveraging a billion dollars, zero experience, Hunter getting paid all that money. No, they, they just ignored that, too. Just like they ignored the real Russia collusion with Hillary. So that's how the media operates in this country. But now we're learning that Joe lied when he said he had, I never spoke to Hunter about his foreign business dealings. Well, Hunter was paying Joe's bills and we have pictures of Joe on the laptop with Hunter Biden and his foreign business associates. If it was Donald Trump, it would be never ending coverage 24 hours of every day. Yep, yep.
11: And I did, by the time I got to the end of the article, I was just shocked. And I'm like, here he is, a date, they said a time and date stamp picture, in his house with a Mexican millionaire who was doing business with Hunter. Now, there is no other reason for this Mexican millionaire to be in Delaware, in his house. You know what I mean?
0: Um, I would say it's that's a unreal. very good observation. You know, and think of it this way. If it was a Trump kid... If a Trump kid lied on a gun application, just imagine what would happen if a Trump kid uh, uh, dumped a gun in a dumpster. What would the reaction be? Or Trump, one of the Trump kids uh, addicted to crack or pornography or or hookers, whatever, Um, or a Trump kid doing business deals with no experience, massive amounts of money, Russian oligarchs, Kazakhstan oligarchs, Burisma, China, the Bank of China shopping sprees you name it i think there'd be a big big you know a a, a huge reaction so far there's nothing but if the media ever does do its job and there was an interesting piece in i saw this in in one article today the question is not when uh the question is when not if of hunter biden's laptop brings down joe's presidency i'm not so sure i believe it but Hunter Biden plans to score big now with his, you know, portraits of a of a crack addict art that I guess he's going to be charging up to half a million dollars for a painting that, to be honest, it's not really art. If I can do it and what we showed you last night didn't particularly look all that artistic to me unless you like finger painting, because that's what it looked like. So uh, it's sad. I mean, Aaron, we don't have equal justice under the law in America anymore. We don't have equal application of our laws. All right, my friend. Thank you. Happy Friday. Jim is in Michigan. Jim, hi.
4: Hi, you guys. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, I'd like to comment on a question that was posed recently on your show a uh, few days ago it was. Okay. Specifically, uh, it was asked, what can we do concerning the fiasco of the last election and the political chaos engulfing our nation now? And you responded that you believe that uh, election, the new, integ- the election integrity laws that many states are trying to pass, Will go a long way to restoring the legitimacy into the into our elections um my, my problem with that is that we have election laws already uh on the books uh that's functioned for decades in all 50 states in the federal government and but yet still at multiple election judicial uh traditional levels democrats blazing ignored and broke those laws without consequence no court would touch it Uh, I mean, it seems to me that there were some really legitimate uh, issues that that the Supreme Court should have addressed. But they were they didn't want to to get their hands on on the elections in any way. Um, So I I kind of disagree with your thoughts and with the with what's being said in the media that with the new election laws, things are going to get better. I don't see it that way.
0: Laws were definitely like, for example, partisan observers get to watch the vote count start to finish that's this that statutory language is in most if not all almost every state as far as i know um those uh-huh. that law was not obeyed that that then raises integrity issues we know the chain of custody controls uh and even documentation are missing that's a problem we know a state constitution in the state of pennsylvania was ignored uh there's a process if you want to amend the constitution well, they usurped the power of their state constitution. Would have been a great case for the Supreme Court to take on. I agree, and they punted. Uh, then you have laws, for example, in Wisconsin, that even the chief justice in his dissenting 4-3 opinion said weren't being followed in the state. What good are laws if you don't follow them? So I've I've identified these five things. I I think most people can say it by heart now. I don't want to repeat myself, but I think that if we mandate that these these integrity measures are put in place that would bring integrity to the process and it would bring confidence in the results i don't know any other option than that but the law must be followed under the guise of covid they felt that they could ignore partisan observers observing they, no they should have made accommodations so that okay somebody is counting a vote you take the ballot You mark it, you show what the mark is, you put it on a piece of paper, a Democrat goes over, looks at it, makes sure it's right, a Republican goes over, an Independent goes over, a Green Party candidate goes over, whoever's there. And that every party gets to monitor the count start to finish. And it's got to be counted in front of partisan observers. That's what the law calls for. So I'm just saying not only do they have to be passed because some states don't have strong enough laws, but they also, of course, have to be enforced. I, I think that goes without saying.
6: But yeah,
4: I agree with, with all of that. The, the problem is, though, in many localities, the laws were just outright ignored. There was orders from judges that election officials just ignored. I think even in one case, in one uh, state, uh, I think maybe it was uh, uh, Georgia, where uh, it was actually, there was, wasn't there an order from the U.S. Supreme Court, a piece of paper that said you had to do this, and they just ignored it and didn't do it? Um, I just well I know the pro-
0: consent agreement that was made by the Secretary of State in Georgia allowed for for two separate standards for voting, very lax standards if you voted by mail and very very rigorous standards if you voted in person. So again, yeah. the, the, I've identified five things that need to be very clearly written in law. It needs to be done now. The states especially that we're talking about, we know we can do voting with integrity and have confidence in results. Florida's a great example. They botched 2000. They botched 2016. 2020, they got it right. All these other states can get it right. Well, that tells me Georgia can start getting it right. That tells me that Pennsylvania can get it right, that Wisconsin can get it right, that Michigan can get it right. If It's a matter of if they want to. And the only way that's going to happen is if people, we, the people, put the pressure on elected officials, in this case... Uh, state representatives, state assembly men and women, and state senators, because that's where the change is going to take place. Anyway, appreciate the call. Thank you, Tom in New Jersey. Tom, glad you called. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Sean. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. The voice of freedom. Yes, sir. Thank you. I actually record you every night, because if I watch you every night, I won't be able to go to sleep. (laughs)
0: I'll get you too worked up. I've been told a a lot worse. I'll take that. Thank you for watching. I appreciate it.
6: I it. I love you. I love the
0: show. I love the Fox channel.
6: Um, You know what I did want to talk about? Um, Not so much the critical race theory, because that's just a bunch of baloney, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Where has Carmela Harris been? It's not a word anymore. It's sort of she just fell off the radar, the border. She just laughs. Why does she laugh? I I can tell you what my
0: theory is. I have a theory remember Joe was letting her make all the calls to foreign leaders. she became the border Czar. She was only pressured to go to the border after she first had to get to the root cause of white people were trying to enter America illegally. Uh, meanwhile, they are not they're not enforcing the laws of the land. Her poll numbers are atrocious. they're, they're way below Joe's. She's not popular. And so I believe that if they keep her hidden a little bit, the thinking is politically, and and this is just conjecture on my part, is that less is more, and that it might help her her poll numbers that are dropping like a rock. That's my guess.
6: Yeah, I agree with you, Sean. You and I, I think, are cut from the same cloth. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. I actually moved to New Jersey because of my job, but I still have roots in New York City. I really don't want to go there anymore because what's going on, it's a shame with all the violence and the shootings going on, just like all the other blue states. the um, is someone's going to take care of this border problem. My relatives came through Ellis Island the correct way, um, so I don't know what they're going to do. It's getting horrible. Coronavirus. We got MS-13. We have so many issues on the border. and these poor I, people... I just
0: couldn't imagine if Donald Trump was building cages for kids in the middle of a pandemic, not testing anybody and, and not enforcing the law of the land and, and putting these kids in overcrowded cages and then dispersing them around the country and, and forcing states to provide... Food and water and shelter and health care and education. I, I obviously the difference is profound. This is this is what the presidential Biden presidential protection program is that I talk about, like the candidate is, protection program.
6: And it's horrible because I see these people crossing the border and it's obviously horrible. they really want to they want to come here. You could see they're poor. You could see they can't wait to come here. But they're
0: not vaccinated. Just... We're not even testing them.
6: They're not testing them. And that's another issue. It's just horrible for us. We can't even go to the store anymore. Um, thank God they're kind of dropping the mask uh, mandate. But
0: I'll tell you uh, what I not. would call this. I'd call this the super spreader events of all super spreaders. How's that? Use their language. Um, Anyway, I've got to move on, Tom. You sound like a great American. Keep fighting, my friend. Hang in there. and You might have to start looking at other states soon. Kay is in New York, the United Socialist Utopia that New York is. Kay, glad you called.
2: Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I'll try to be quick and and stay calm because this uh, topic certainly fires me up. But I was listening to your show yesterday about the vaccine hesitancy and And quite frankly, how you are describing it to people as to how they should evaluate whether or not they should take a vaccine is the way that Dr. Fauci and the White House and all the other doctors and czars should be approaching it. It should be a discussion between your doctor and yourself. You know, I talk to a lot of people and they say, well, geez, if you don't get the vaccine, you won't be able to do anything. You know, my response to that is that's not a reason to get vaccinated. Um, You know, and as far as trying to evaluate other alternative treatments, there, there certainly have been alternative treatments that were squashed due to the medical censoring. So, you know, I, I question that, and, and, I, and I'm mistrustful of, of the information coming out of the, the White House and, and Dr. Fauci. Um, the infection fatality rate is low. Um, the fact that they're pushing it on young school kids who have a, a statistically zero It's, it's
0: ridiculous, yeah, it, and, it, it, and they're it, not following the grim- science. And they're not following the science on young people. They're not following the science that the Cleveland Clinic came out with. I thought they were highly respected. They're not following a lot of the science, uh, although they lecture lecture us about it. Look, the other thing, too, is, you know, and and this is where the the Health and Human Services Secretary got in some trouble, Uh, Javier uh, Becerra, you know, by saying, we have a right as a government who who isn't vaccinated. I'm like, no, you don't. It's called medical privacy. And if we're going to have... Wide open medical records. Let's get Joe that cognitive test, shall we? So it's, it's unfortunate. I can't tell you what to do. I, I'm urging everybody. This is serious. People die from this thing. Take it seriously. Do your research. Talk to your doctor, your doctors, and then make your decision yourself with the, in consultation with your doctor based on your unique medical condition that I have no right to ask any questions of. And, and at that point, if we do that, we're following the science. Now people have the options. Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Kay. I hope you have a great weekend as well. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this uh, Friday. we got a special edition of Hannity tonight. Now, the great one, Mark Levin for the full hour. Now, why am I giving Mark a full hour? Because this book that he has written, we're going to debut it tonight on Hannity, is phenomenal. He's written amazing books, but this defines this moment this is the moment we need we need to understand what we're up against and how freedom loving americans can preserve protect and defend this great republic from radical uh and what mark is saying's marxist socialist redistribution authoritarianism all these things not going to want to miss it hannity nine eastern tonight on fox have a great weekend we'll see you tonight back here on monday and thank you for making the show possible